Today is our yearly episode where we give you my hand-picked top 20 Amazon, Walmart, and e-commerce strategies of the entire year. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I'm your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And we've come up uh, at the end of this year, and, and as we do the last uh, four years now, uh, we do a kind of recap episode where I handpick some of the strategies. There's a, a bunch of people on my team, you know, from Mel, Nico, uh, John, Ralph, um, Bill, Maya, Claudine, they all worked like going through all the transcripts and like gave me what they thought were some of the top strategies. And then from those, like, I don't know, like 90 different ones that they submitted, I like whittled it down to like 20 that would fit into this episode. So we're going to give you some, some stuff that you might not have heard, you know, if you weren't listening to every single episode or you might have forgotten about it's good reminders. We got some actionable stuff that have to do with, you know, Shopify and keyword research, uh, product launch, just a whole bunch of different subjects. Most of these like 60 seconds to uh, just two minutes long. And so I hope you guys uh, take advantage of this. Uh, a lot of it um, was really great when it aired, and they're just just right now also uh, as much, if not even more, applicable. So again, whenever we do these strategy episodes, I implore everybody, don't just you know listen to these and think, oh, this is so great, isn't this amazing? How smart these people are! No, no, I want you guys to actually pick two or three of these and put it in practice, and then let me know what you do afterwards. I'm wearing my uh, Dodgers. Uh, Jersey today because you know just like we had a great year of strategies, Dodgers had an incredible year uh, at the end of this year, uh, hiring some of my favorite or getting some of my favorite baseball players in Shohei Otani and Yamamoto. But anyways, uh, we're not here to talk baseball. I could have a whole episode just about that. We're here to, to get into the top twenty strategies. So here you go. Best thing you can do. I'm trying to. I was going the brand route, but I'm gonna try to keep it on Amazon route. Um, main images are key. Your main image has to be different. Go look up Silicone Coaster on Amazon. Just go do that right now and tell me which one's your brand because every single one looks the same. So it doesn't matter like for, for all those plastic widgets from China, everything looks the same, but what can you do to differentiate it? And the unfortunate thing is if you sell something that everybody else sells with no differentiation, then you can make a change to your photos that works, but then everybody else will repeat it. And so... What can you do to make your product better and differentiated? And then how can you show that on the main image? And if you can show that on the main image, that's going to lead to a higher click-through rate. What can you do with your branding and your copywriting to make it a little different, to make it stand out a little bit more? So on mobile view, images are showing up in square a little bit differently than when you do them in rectangles. So I suggest with the thumb image, to make it 1,200 tall by 1,000 wide, I've tested this, and it seems to be showing up just slightly bigger in mobile view. Um, so that's a big tip you know, to get more visibility when somebody's searching through. The next yeah. one is um, if you're doing PPC keyword research and trying to figure out which keywords to run and you're in question, actually physically go to Amazon and look at those keywords and ask yourself, does my product fit in with this particular keyword? For example, if you're selling a cookie that may involve pumpkin, 
and you have a keyword like pumpkin cookie, go to pumpkin cookie and ask yourself, you know, what do I fit on this page or not? Because if you're running PPC to it, you may just be throwing money down the toilet, essentially. And another tip is your meta description of your brand store. Like, actually, it's super powerful, but there's still so many sellers are missing this opportunity. If you're going to, like, every page of your brand store has this meta description that is indexable by Google. So it doesn't have any impact on Amazon, but it has really huge impact how your brand store will show up in the search result when someone will type, will type your brand name. It's only 160 characters. Do not keyword stuff. Make it readable. And sometimes it will, like your brand store will show up like in top one in a Google search result. So it really works. And it also helps you not only for your brand, for your brand name, but also for keywords that you can include in this section. So it's really powerful. Well, where do you edit your meta description for? Uh, your, you just uh, have so. to kind of, you know, every it's you have this you have this meta description for every single page. So if you have five pages, you can fill in five pages of meta description. Okay. You just have to go to the settings of your store, and when you will kind of click on the page, like you will see this meta description. So why this is important is sometimes we might get into the rut of like, oh, I can only use like Helium 10 black box or I can only search for product opportunity actually on Amazon. But a lot of times you can find some unique things that are trending on other websites. Like here is one of my strategies. Like let's say I just happen to be searching for a bat shelf and I find it on Alibaba.com. What I like to do, if I find a factory, guys, that has a, a lot of reviews, I'll actually click on their factory link in their Alibaba page. And then what I want to do is I just want to search through some of their other products and see, is there anything interesting that maybe I could just do some quick research into? Maybe something that's trending in China that's not here in the States yet. All right. So if I'm looking on this, this particular one who this guy was selling bat shelves, but I clicked on his other products and I see he's got something wood wine rack. So if I click into there, I see a whole bunch of interesting products that I didn't even know existed. Um, and then I see these, uh, a few of them here that are pretty interesting. This, uh, looks like a wall mounted wine bottle rack. Uh, I see a few of these here wall mounted wine rack. All right. So what I can do is I can just on this page, I can actually click the Chrome extension and I'm going to hit this tool called analyze product demand on Amazon. And then I would type right there, wall mounted wine rack. All right. I haven't left alibaba.com. All right. And then I hit see analysis and what shows up is it's going to show me if that exact keyword has search volume on Amazon um, and some related keywords to it and some data on it. Now, this right here, as you guys can see, those of you watching this on YouTube, there's nothing much here. Like this keyword that I entered only has 633 search volume, but take a look at the variations down below of what it says. Wine rack wall mounted. So just shifting the keywords around that has 9,000 search volume on Amazon. Here's something that five minutes ago, I didn't even know existed, or at least this exact keyword I didn't know was a thing. And now I realize it is something that has almost 10,000 searches a month. So uh, guys, this this is a great technique to use when you're just like, ah, oh, you just can't seem to find new product opportunity to expand your brand, especially if you're on your own suppliers. 
uh, website, you know, probably a lot of the products, like if you're making coffin shelves or a bat shelf at a, at a factory, their other wooden products probably could potentially go in line with some of your existing brands. Yeah. So one of the first things I've been doing when I've been auditing brands is relying on the targeting tab. So if you go into advertising console in the top left-hand corner, you're going to see targeting under your campaign manager, something around those. And the targeting tab actually allows you to add a column for conversion rate. So if you've been in advertising console for a while, you know, we've never been given access to conversion rate on the keyword level. Well, within the targeting tab, we now have that. So that's been super, super helpful for any brand owner. Even if you don't manage PPC, even if you outsource it, go into ad console, open up your targeting tab, filter top down by spend and look at where your spend is going. Your highest spending targets should be your highest converting targets and the most aligned keywords for your products. That is like the number one quickest way to audit your brand performance. If you see that the top of your targeting tab has auto campaigns, category targeting, or product targeting, you're probably not optimizing your PPC the best way possible because it's not actually going to improve your organic rank that much. So there's that way um, of identifying competitors to match against. And A-B test, it, it, um, what I'll say here is, is someone might be thinking, Do you, are you switching it like every four day, four or five days? You're probably not switching it that often. You, this is probably like you're testing it two or three product types max because there's not that many out there. Um, right. And you're not, and, and again, another caveat would be, you're not looking at, okay, I'm in herbal supplements and my product type is herbal supplement. Am I going to do well in protein shakes as a product right. type? And we just... Uh, one that's just going to be manipulation. It's not. It's not serving the end shopper, uh, but also you're not for that purpose. You're not going to index for any of the keywords you really want. The example I've given before is using herbal supplements. Was we had a product that was in herbal supplements as product type, and they were an herbal supplement, um, but we were banging our heads up against a wall because we were not indexing for what we thought were no-brainer search terms for that product, and the algorithm just wasn't letting us index for those. Um, so what we simply did is, is in growth opportunities, I know you've shown this before as well. You go into growth opportunities on seller center, you go to those details next to your listing, click on one of your listings. There's a widget right in the middle there. Walmart makes it real easy. There's a widget in the middle that says product type. You look at that and you can say, uh, report issues. I think it's report issue, uh, something like that right below it. Um, it'll give you a drop down of a few suggested product types there. In the herbal supplements case, what we saw was, although herbal supplements seemed to be an exact match the end result wasn't what we thought was going to provide the shoppers with the best experience. And so what we saw was if we went one level up vitamins and supplements, There's, so it's, it's, it makes sense in that vertical we went broader. And we found that instantly we were almost instantly within a few hours, we were indexing for the keywords we needed. So that's, that's what I mean. Uh, so you're probably going to be able to figure out product type pretty easily of what general ones might make sense right now that's the best solution I know of. So I think, I think it's one of those, it's just a helpful point of data as long as it's available. And, um, and so hopefully that's helpful to you. Hopefully that answers the question. First, we talked about keeping track of your three scores, get experience.com or identity IQ. And if you have zero money and you're broke as no joke, go to credit karma, get that account, put it on your phone, monitor that and find out. Uh, what needs to be done. Number two, fix all your personal information, your name, your address, your uh, employment, your phone number, clean it up till you have one of each. Don't have a whole bunch of stuff. That would actually help 
clear a lot of bad data. Number three, spreadsheet. Well, hold, hold on. Yeah. On number two, yeah. where, where, where do I go to do that again? I, I know you mentioned it yeah. earlier, but I, I forgot to write it down myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. You can go to Experian.com or Identity IQ and the part where it says personal information, you can dispute a lot of that stuff. Or on Credit Karma, you'll see all that information and then you'll see like their name, address, the report doesn't look right. You can contact mm-hmm. the bureaus. I You can just Google I, phone So number directly report. from like these yeah. Experian.com yeah. and these, oh, sure. I didn't so even So you okay. call them and then they're going to say, can you uh, can you send me a, get? make sure you get your utility bill because or your bank statement that has your name and your address. You would have to send that to them and a driver license to make sure that that's your one address. You're not living in 10 different places, okay? Sure. That's going to actually bump your score anywhere from, 20 points to 50 points, just that one move, okay? Wow, okay. Because it's data. Reviews is a huge strategy. You definitely, it's going to help you with your conversion. I just do want to point out, unlike Amazon, where sales volume is the number one driver of ranking, on Walmart, it's the conversion rate. And there's two conversion rates it reflects. It's the impression to click and the click to sale. And aside from price and basic content, the best way to get that conversion is through reviews. Now, how do you get reviews on your product? I'm going to suggest two strategies. You have Review Syndication, which is a free program from Walmart that I don't know why people are not as as, as into finding it. Maybe they should probably run a promo. Hey, sign up for Review Syndication. Maybe send emails. If you have reviews on your website, Walmart allows you to bring them to the program. To platform for free. This is a free program. Now, you have to make sure that it's legit and you're not bringing in um, only some of your five-star reviews. You have to bring in all your reviews to the program. Additionally, you cannot have your Amazon reviews on Walmart. Illegal. Amazon is against terms of service. They technically own their reviews. Technically, you shouldn't even have them on your website in the first place, but that's none of my business. But Walmart is not going to let you take those reviews to Walmart. You could try, and they're going to say, hey, those are Amazon reviews. You can't use those. Um, but it's a great way if you have reviews on your website, sign up for review syndication, Um Hopefully you'll get accepted as long as you answer the the, the case uh, correctly. Don't don't try lie and try to cheat the system. They're just going to shut you down and potentially suspend you as a seller. No one wants that. And go ahead and bring in your reviews legitimately. A second program I would strongly recommend. This is a new launch from Walmart, which is the Review Accelerator program. It allows. It's a uh, similar to I guess the Amazon Vine, but I think it's actually cheaper. It's where you enroll certain listings, there is a bit of a, a restriction on what is allowed. And there's up to, you're allowed to get up to five reviews per product. And it doesn't recommend, it's not necessarily going to get you a five-star review. This is important to note. It's just going to get you a review. Walmart does claim that five reviews on a product increases the GMV by 75%, which I think is uh, that's mm-hmm. pretty crazy. Yeah. So there's just two restrictions. You have to have a sale in the past X amount of time. I think potentially 30 days, and you have to have under five reviews. And that will make your item eligible for the program. And it costs you uh, $10 per review that you get, regardless of the rating. And the incentive to the seller, is, or to the customer rather, the shopper, is that they will get um, $3 credit towards their next purchase. So Walmart sends out an email to them, hey, send, leave a review and you get $3 credit, and you will get up to five reviews per product. It's a great way. The only thing is, uh, it's kind of a bit of a catch-22 because you're like, I need to get sales in order to get into the program, but I can't get sales because I don't yeah. have reviews. Advertising is key, folks. Adver- With advertising, yeah. you're guaranteed to get at least one sale as long as you're not extremely priced. 
It's basically bilingual show. So I support that. (laughs) Um, But when it comes to translations, what we've noticed is basically uh, maximizing on the keywords in the first 60 characters of your title. A lot of people forget about the mobile version of the website on Amazon, which only shows first 60 characters. And a lot of people go crazy and wild with with the keywords. Like at the end of the title, just don't put enough of the most important ones in the first part of the title. And I say like, you should definitely do that if not because of like the the mobile uh, version because a lot of people also will purchase you know products on their phones and people forget about it they tend to forget a lot especially if you have like a really really long brand name then you kind of really want to you know think about if you're gonna like play with it or not uh there was the one brand that we did it was eye patches and then it had like the word play i i like your eyeball like i love it because it's an eye patch and that literally took the whole uh, first 60 characters um, of their title. And in the mobile um, version, it didn't show any of the keywords. So that had to be completely redone. And we completely dropped the I love it because also like in, in German and for Germans, it did not sit well. Like too much English never works amazingly well for the German audience. So that is my tip when it comes to the title and just like the mobile uh, versions for um, Amazon because uh, brands really do not think, think about it a lot. Another thing I want to talk about is explore bundling options, not just as something to add to your list or to your product. I mean, th- yes, that, that's definitely something that you can do. Um, you know, maybe you see that people are buying a coffin shelf and a skull together, right? So maybe you'll be the first one to have a coffin shelf with skull together. Of course, that's an option, right? But take it a step even easier. Use black box for key uh, or black box product targeting. Enter in your competitors' ASINs and then filter for frequently bought together. This is going to show you what has been frequently bought together over the past like 30 days or more that Helium 10 has detected. And sometimes you might find a product that's like seven or eight dollars or even six dollars. And basically, what this means is this, this could potentially be a product that you could source for like 30, 40 cents. Like one of the ones that was showing up here is is spooky stickers, you know, um, probably you could source some spooky stickers for like what, you know, 25 cents or something like that. But if you have a history that your competitors are selling their product and then the buyer at the same time is buying spooky stickers on their own because you can see it and frequently bought together. Now, what you should do if it's really cheap, just go ahead and buy that product maybe even in a smaller quantity if it's a little bit more expensive, and then stick it into your product, costing you 25 cents each if it's really small like stickers. And don't advertise it. Don't even advertise in the listing, right? Uh, I mean, you, you could advertise in your listing, but I, I prefer that for like you know more, more impressive bundling opportunities. But here's what happens if you don't advertise. And this is a strategy that you know Toma Rabinovich has, has been teaching for, for a while now. It's, it's part of his like six-star method. And I've seen this myself out out in the wild. But what happens is now your customer gets the product. They open it up expecting whatever they bought, say it's a coffin shelf. But then all of a sudden they have these spooky stickers that customers like them like. Now, what does that mean? That means it's like a pleasant surprise and it gives it makes them like double 2x, 3x, maybe even 4x more likely to leave a positive review than if they were just happy with the product by itself. But if you want, if you're in the natural toothpaste space, you need to be competing on those terms, you know, uh, you know, Tom's of Maine, 12 pack, 
natural toothpaste, blah, 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 is only going to get you so far. That's not really going to improve your rank. You're probably already solid there. But if you're looking to improve your overall rank for a product, you need to be going after the keywords that are going to lead to that improvement. Um, so it's very much about understanding where you need to be spending and what terms you need to be spending and what's actually going to lead toward um, you know, improvement and rank. Um, I think that's the, the first step. And then it's going and executing on that. So um, PPC is really the, the tool that you can use to influence specific pieces of um, search term and, and customer behavior and whatnot. So that's really how you start going after improving your organic rank. Yeah, so there's a couple approaches you can take. Um, I think the long tail keyword is a good way to look at it. You know, if you're spending money on, again, natural toothpaste, um, that's going to be probably a waste of money, to be honest with you. It's going to be so expensive for you to even try and compete in that, that it's going to be a waste of dollars. So starting to look at what are some of the long tail keywords that I can win, you know, if it's, you know, the most you know, specific keyword ever, but if it applies to your product, going after that and starting to just chip away at some of that organic rank is going to be a good way to start. And then, you know, if you have a similar product within your brand or you have competitors, you can start targeting their product detail pages. So if someone's not specifically searching for you, but they see you on, um, you know, another product detail page, that's a good way to kind of start again, chipping your way in um, and kind of moving from the outside into the the kind of larger volume, because again, it's going to be a waste of money if you're trying to go after those high volumes and you don't have the foundation yep. of strong rank. So starting to chip away, I think is the best method and mantra of um, having it. It's a, and this is goes to new products as well of if you're starting from zero, it's going to take some time. So long tail and product detail pages is what I would recommend. Yeah. So a lot of sellers can get nervous about like main image strategies and we give a bunch of those strategies out, right? At the end, you want to increase, increase your click-through rate. So um, one way, one hack that I have for testing that out, uh, if you're nervous about it, is upload uh, the strategy that you know your agency or whoever's come up with versus like a fully compliant um, image. And uh, you know what you want to do is upload it on manager experiments and if it gets through the Amazon bots, then you're good to go and you can upload that image. Actually, it will verify it for you. So it'll automatically upload it for you. Um, because one thing I want to point out is a lot of people will be like, oh, this is not compliant. But you theoretically, 80 to 90 percent of the main images on Amazon are non-compliant with including props in, a, let's say, a fruit and fruit bowls or including a model in there or, you know, adding an extra sticker onto your label. All of these are non-compliant. So uh, this is just a hack that I have if you're worried about it. And plus you get extra insights on which um, version works better. Yeah. So when I, when it comes to strategy, uh, something that We've seen a, a lot, I know maybe you have heard this tip before, but it's focusing on the second language of the country you're selling on. So, for example, uh, something we're having a lot of success lately with our U.S. brands is using Spanish keywords. In Canada, we're using French-related keywords. Uh, for example, in 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 Germany, there's a big population of, of Turkish people, Polish and all of that. So there's a huge potential of using second uh, secondary languages on all these markets. And on top of that, what I would advise as well uh, as an extra 
plus tip on, on top of this tip. In the US, for example, you can request your translation to be uh, updated, the Spanish one, because some of the translations that have been done, uh, if the listening is old, is, it was done with the old uh, uh, translation engine that Amazon had the backend. So you can actually request Amazon to redo your translation. And this sometimes can help you a lot to re-index for some Spanish keyword that you're not indexing the first time and actually be more relevant for Spanish-related keywords. So that would be my tip. Yeah. Cool. So one tip I learned to increase your productivity, by the way, uh, is to color different activities you do. So put everything together on your calendar. Like if you go take a shower, you put it on your calendar. If you go to do some paperwork, you go put it on your calendar, but you want to categorize them differently. So for example, I categorize them based on, you know, deep work, shallow work. So deep work could be something like a, a drafting agreement, right, with a supplier. And mm -hmm. that would probably take like two to three uh, hours of uh, uninterrupted time. And shallow work would be something like, a, I don't know, like, um, you know, putting together expense report, you know. So that's some kind of administrative work that you need to do. Um, and, uh, you know, there's other things, for example, like uh, personal time, um, you know, a shower. So you mark them differently to make sure that you have enough of deep work time uh, a week so that you know how much, how many hours you spend on deep work, how many hours you spend on shallow work, which is something that you want to shrink as much as possible. Um, and mm -hmm. how, how many hours you spend on personal time, which maybe perhaps is that something that you want to protect. Uh, right. And you also want to make sure that you have a balanced life. So you're not overworking. So by coloring them into different categories, you can see that visually whether you're being productive and whether you are having like a balanced week. And that's what I've been doing for now, like six, seven months now. Hey, you're doing great on sales, uh, about to run out of stock. Do you, do you uh, slow sales by raising price and turning off ads? And then that hurts your potentially keyword uh, ranks before, or, or do you just go hard and heavy, uh, run out of stock and then, you know, just get back in and uh, hopefully you still have your keyword ranks when you come I, back into stock in a couple of weeks. I think from a ranking perspective, it's better to run out of stock at a better BSR. Um, so I agree. Um, I think that's the better, that's the better way to go. Um, sometimes you're going to make a decision that, Hey, I just want the profits, right? Because that's what's more important to me at this point in my, in my business, I'm going to focus more on the profits. Now I'm going to reduce, I'm going to raise the price, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, or sometimes you may be able to raise the price and there's so much demand that you're, you're still, you're still driving pretty good sales and you can still raise the price somewhat and there's a happy medium. But I would say from a ranking perspective, it's, and, and coming back into, uh, coming back in stock at a better rank, it's better to, uh, it's better to go out of stock with great sales than to slow down your sales. And this is why I said that kind of like off the wall thing earlier where I'm now suggesting that you might want to always do a test listing now. All right. I didn't say that before. You know, I said do do kind of test listing so you can so that you can know uh, what kind of exposure you're going to get on PPC to validate some some theories you have when there's not enough uh, information from existing competitors. You know, you, you might want to make sure that you validate your idea with a test listing. But now, guys, I'm saying if you're selling in a newer niche, especially and maybe sometimes even if you're an established niche, it might be worth it to spend, you know, 50 bucks and, and get another UPC code and, and just do a, a fulfilled by merchant listing, send a couple of uh, or have a couple of units available and uh, have your listing that you want to go with and then see immediately what does Amazon think that you're relevant for, right? 
And then if, if you're completely fine with this listing and, and you have the right keywords for Amazon recommended rank from day one, all right, well, you're good to go. That means go ahead and launch your regular product once you're ready and ha you can have that exact listing knowing that from day one, you might have that. So for me, I think what I've seen is the sale, the selling points, like the, the USB, the selling point being visible and you showing that you're better than everyone else just from the main image. And so when I, when I put a bunch of, you know, um, like products next to each other, my competitors versus me, like I know that I'm looking for a product. Not a lot of people take advantage of the text on their, on their boxes or on their products. So, uh, for example, let's say, you know, you're selling like, um, flip-flops, the cloud mm -hmm. flip-flops. So you can have the flip-flops and, and, you know, in an angle, whatever, or you can have the flip-flops, uh, put on top of a box, a fake box. And on that box, you have two sides where you can write text and it mm. says like, you know, the softest material on the market or whatever, a hundred percent recyclable stuff like that. Right. Because you can have that text on the box that you couldn't ha actually have on your package. And, and that box probably doesn't exist. You know, you're probably yeah. shipping <laughs> wow. it in a, in a clear bag, but no one is going to pay attention to that detail. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to get your, your slippers. They're going to look this, you know, they're going to look like slippers. So for me, my, my, um, product, my electrolytes, if you go look at it on Amazon, it's like shinier. There's text on the cap. Uh, there's like some different logos that show okay. that actually don't exist on the bottle. And when they do get the bottle, it looks very, very similar. There's just a few things. And those few, few things, those are the differences that when someone types in a keyword and they're looking, you know, they're browsing, I catch their eye because I have like some elements outside of the product that, that are eye catching. And I have some text uh, on the product that like they're looking at, oh, like this is an electrolyte powder. And then they're like, oh, this is an electrolyte powder with no sugar, with no carbs. Mm -hmm. And it has this and it's made in America. And it's all of these things on the label. And so they're like, they're convinced to click on me without having to read like title or anything like that. For example, just this morning, uh, I was preparing for a new product launch for one of our clients and I'd got all my kind of data from Helium 10. Uh, and I was at the stage where I have to kind of come up with um, some keywords for broad match, uh, you know, campaigns. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, all the right keywords are in there, not just the long tail uh, ones with high search volume, but I wanted to make sure that I'm capturing all the seed combinations of important words that make sense. So what I did was I exported uh, the Helium 10 um, cerebral analysis and I fed it to uh, ChatGPT and asked it to come up with uh, two word and three word combination or combinations of uh, seed keywords that would perfectly describe this product. Now, what I'm going to do next with that is basically um, convert that into broad match modifiers, which basically means you add a plus sign in front of all the seeds. Um, and then I'm going to create campaigns with it, right? So that's something that... Um, I do at every launch. Like uh, it's it's not. Uh, I generally don't skip that step. You know, it's it's an important one for me. So in addition to all the long tail keywords, I will come up with uh, enough seed words that would will run at a slightly lower bid, uh, but will be like a discovery campaign for me uh, through through the broad match modifier um, uh, channel. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of one thing that I do. Uh, then like yesterday, I was doing another one for another client where we have uh, a list of keywords that we discovered from the search query performance report, which is kind of this new, very valuable piece of data that Amazon is giving us these days. So 
from there, I was able to come up, come up with um, a structure for sponsored brand headline ads. And I didn't have to do the work. I just fed that entire list to ChatGPT and said, hey, organize this into groups of very related words and then give me a uh, a headline uh, ad, which is less than 50 characters, because that's the amount Amazon will give us. Um, and then it did that for me. Uh, I also gave it one other important instruction, which is to make sure that one of the keywords or a very close variant of that keyword in the group must be included in the title. And that's basically my way of saying, hey, I want this to be a lower funnel ad, not a generic kind of upper funnel ad, because my sponsored brand ads tend to be more focused on ROAS rather than, uh, you know, brand discovery and brand awareness. Uh, so those are some of the ways that I'm using it almost on a daily basis. I had switched to ChatGPT Plus a long time ago. I've been paying for it and it's totally worth it. Yeah. Um, so the great thing about Product Opportunity Explorer is it, it really shows you what keywords are driving the sales for those so more than how many products are there, we're looking at are there branded terms that are in the product opportunity mm. explorer. So like an example that we were looking at this past week was for a floor cleaning product. And we saw that of the 20 top like 50 keywords, Bona was one of the main sales driving keywords. Like even if there weren't that many products in that category, we aren't going to be able to overcome that branded search deficit. So it's just not something that we would go into. Um, but we, we definitely prefer to go into categories where those sales are spread across more. Um, the main reason for that is we really like to do kind of, um, I would call it kind of like tailgating. We like to kind of stay behind everyone and we'll pull like 10% of the sales from this person, from this person. And you can kind of pick off keywords from certain top products and they may not notice that you're coming up. And then you can really use that to catapult yourself to the top of the category before the rest of the products in the category realize what's happening. Amazon recently announced that they uh, will look for title images that are not meeting the terms of service and they will use AI to change that. They will download your image, remove everything that doesn't belong there in their opinion and upload it hmm. again. And that is something you don't want. You don't want an AI to touch your title yeah. images. And, and um, Michael from AMZ Boost, a product photographer, he told me just use your picture space number nine. Nobody looks there. Put Uh, put a title image there that will meet the terms of service. And because what Amazon is doing first, they will scan your product photos and check if there is something that is compliant to the terms of service. And they will put it to spot number one as your title ah. image. And if they don't find something, they will change it in their terms. So uh, wow. that's an awesome hack. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. I uh, hope you enjoyed these top 20 strategies. Let me know in the comments below if you're watching on, on a platform that allows comments, uh, which ones were your favorite? What are your top three of these that you guys are going to implement in 2024? Let me know. And, you know, what I'd love to do is sometime next year, maybe bring you on the show and we can hear about your Amazon journey and hear about how you benefited from putting in these top 20 strategies. Uh, we had a great year, 2023, on this podcast, and we're looking for another great year in 2024. Thanks a lot, guys.